0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at FaithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. We're gonna start out in James chapter five and verse nine. And the Bible says, do not grumble. Let's uh, all stop right there and just say it together, can we? Do not grumble. One more time. Do not grumble. How many of you have ever grumbled? How many of you have never grumbled in your whole perfect little life? All right, so raise your hand. All right few of you perfectos out there, but uh, for the rest of us who are still going on and uh, growing and, and uh, hopefully maturing in areas of our walk with God, I have to admit, I have grumbled before. Um, all of us most likely have at one time or another, but the good news is God forgives. I don't want to be a grumbler. There have been times that I've grumbled that I wished I had not grumbled. And, um, and then, you, of course, you can't take it back, but God can change it inside of you. Do not grumble, period. But then he goes on to say, against one another. And uh, that's mainly uh, who we grumble against is other people. In, uh, in the church, outside the church, uh, we grumble. Uh, At the restaurant, a restaurant is a great place to grumble, all right? But uh, I discovered that we shouldn't grumble at the restaurant. Um, And yet, we're all tempted from time to time if the food is bad uh, or the service is poor. Don't forget, the person serving you had nothing typically with preparing the food. It's the dude in the kitchen, all right? So that you need to, you know, go talk. No, you don't either. But uh, anyway, let me just rehearse this story because um, even though I told it some time ago, it's a good story. Uh, I like Mexican food. How many like Mexican food? Uh, Allison? and I, we love Mexican food. Who doesn't? And uh, I went to a little cafe down not too far from here, close right down from Don Pablo's and uh, I went in and it was real busy real small place and I walked up to order my food and the girl looked at me like she hated me and uh, and so I gave her my order and she was dismissive of me Uh, obviously she didn't know who I was all right and uh, she was dismissive of me and she really didn't care And I um, backed away, and it was so terrible, and my feelings were kind of hurt, that I backed away, waiting on my food, and began to internally grumble. I did not verbalize it outwardly. I internally grumbled. And uh, as I was standing there, I was looking at her. And she was the object of my affection, okay, at that point. And I looked at her, and all of a sudden I realized, this girl is pregnant, big time. I mean, not big time, well, yeah, it's big time. She was pregnant big time. She looked like she was like eight months and 29 days, all right? So I look at her, and uh, it was like the Holy Spirit began He's so patient with us, isn't he? And it was like the Holy Spirit began to say, yeah, I'll look at her. She looks like she could go to the hospital at any moment. Uh, she's hormonal, no doubt. And whatever, I shouldn't have said that, but yes, uh, she was something, I can tell you that. And um, so as I looked at her and saw her in that condition, I thought to myself, wow. There she is on her feet with a bunch of customers demanding their food as quickly as they can get it. She is very pregnant, probably very uncomfortable. And I, when I first backed away, I'm like, oh, yeah. It, this experience was so bad, I'm going to ask for the manager. Now, I don't typically do that, but I was mad. She really, really just was... Overbearingly rude, and as I looked at that woman and realized, if I were nine months pregnant, <laughs> that I probably would have an attitude too. Um, and so, all of a sudden, I, by the grace of God, my heart started changing, and I began to feel compassion and and even godly love toward her. And I went from calling the manager warning to I wouldn't have. I went from that to saying, I'm giving her a big old huge tip. And, um, and all of a sudden, I took my, bill, my wallet, um, I took my wallet out, and um, I, when I got my food, I walked up there and I handed her a real big, big, like humongous, like, five dollars No, I'm no. It was uh, huge beyond that art. It was, it was I, I don't remember. It was Lisa 20. And uh, all of a sudden, her face just lit up like a light bulb, with a smile and appreciation and radiance. And I'm like, here, here's another one. And so uh, please don't do anybody like you did me earlier. And so I walked out of there, even though I grumbled internally at one point, I walked out of there just thanking God that I changed my attitude. It's hard to grumble at people that you love and, and that you have compassion for. And so the word says, do not grumble. Against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Now, I certainly would have felt con- condemnation to some extent, no doubt, if I'd have walked out of there giving her a hard time, which I, I never have. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course. Um, I don't ever, 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 well, maybe one time. All right, anyway, all right, but uh, the, all the judges standing at the door. So, some of you are chronic grumblers. I'm not looking at any particular person, but I shouldn't have said that. I said some of you may be a chronic grumbler. Why don't you ask someone close to you after the service? Don't ask them now. Lest they say, are you kidding me? Of course you are. And you start grumbling right where you're at. So wait till after the service, but ask them, okay? Um, my wife, if I ask her, she's, she's going to say, of course not. That's not my general mode of experience or uh, of uh, lifestyle, but there are certainly times that I grum- have grumbled, and God have mercy on us, God have mercy on me, so that we stop grumbling against one another. Um, typically we grumble because somebody has done it less than they we think they should in our eyes. First Peter, chapter four, verse nine, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And um, so other people are, you know, we say they're the cause of our grumbling, but they're not really the cause of our grumbling. We choose to grumble. There are so many times we blame others for a lot of things. They made me so mad. No. Um, I used to say that a lot years and years ago. And um, then my son would play it against me. Um, and I'd get around him and, he's, and I would say, oh, I got, they made me so mad. And he says, dad, dad, nobody can make you mad. And, boy, when people take your own sermon and use it against you, I tell you, it's just kind of disgusting. But anyway, um, don't grumble. They can't make you mad. They can't make anything. Uh, You choose, we choose to grumble against them. Uh, We can make a different response, or we can come up with a different response, a more godly response, all right? Uh, Endure. What would Jesus do? And as we should have shown that, that video again, what would James do that we showed, I think, the second week? What would Jesus do if he were in that restaurant? What would James do if he were in that restaurant? They would not grumble. Then we move to endure. There's so many great things in the last part of this chapter. Verse 11, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. Oh, Job, if you've never read the book of Job, you've got to read the book of Job. You will feel better about your problems, I guarantee you. All right, so read it, all right, and and you will see how Job persevered, Uh, how the end God intended for good. He intends the end of your life for good. He intends the end of your trouble to be good. He intends to do you good because he is good, all right? So that the Lord is, in verse 11, very, what? Compassionate and merciful, thank God, Uh, There's a chapter in Matthew chapter 24. It's a great chapter. It's a prophetic end time chapter and um, describing all the things that are going to happen, the earthquakes and all the chaos. And then in verse 19, it says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Endurance is something that every one of us are going to have to learn in our maturity walk with God so that We can go through the difficulties. We can go through the triumphs and celebrations and endure all that the enemy would try to pull us away with. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The brother, half-brother of Jesus, James, is telling us you've got to endure hardship. Period. End of discussion. You can't give up. You can't lay down and say it's not worth the journey. No. You get on your feet uh, and you get back up and say, "I'm going to endure to the end." Say Amen. All right, Matthew or Mark, um, Mark chapter four. Here's a great verse too. Goes along with James, Mark four seventeen. And they have no root in themselves. All right, they have no root in themselves Uh, and so endure only for a time. They have no root. They take no root. They don't grow in the things of God, Um, and so um, what happens is they don't have root, and uh, all these things happen. Tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, and immediately They stumble. If they're not grumbling, they're stumbling. All right, so they had no root in themselves and so endure only for a season, a short time because of tribulation and persecution. Having been here as long as we have, it's very unfortunate that I have seen a lot of people that I still love, but because of tribulation and persecution, which may include the misunderstood loss of a loved one, uh, misunderstood loss of the accumulation of the blessings that they had at one point, and all of a sudden, because of these things, these losses in their life, they become discouraged. They have no root in themselves, and so they don't continue to grow and flourish. Do you know that plants, and many of you know this if you garden, but plants, trees, uh, dry seasons are good for plants or trees. Why? Especially certain kinds of trees because it's in the dry season that the roots start going deeper into the soil looking For moisture, looking for the water, the Christian, the roots go deeper into the water of the word so that when other storms come their way, their root system is secure and tribulations and persecutions in the future do not blow them over. Mark chapter 13, verse 13. But you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Oh my Lord, you will be hated. Folks, we are entering that season. We are in the minority in this country. Years ago, someone formed a group, uh, uh, the uh, Christian majority. I think it was the name of it. The moral majority, all right? That is no more. Christians are being attacked Uh, We are in the minority. This is no longer, I mean, it is a Christian country in the sense that its roots and its foundation was, uh, you could say Christian, but it is no longer a Christian nation as far as numbers are concerned, even as far as, um, well, I won't get into all of that, but um, so it is, but it isn't, all right? Because of the people that are against Christians. And already there are people pointing out the people that are not towing the line are Christians. And so, uh, listen, let me tell you something. I hate to be hated, all right? I just hate it. Uh, I want to be loved by everybody. Um, Now, I know everybody doesn't love me. I'm, I'm as present company excluded. I know that. But uh, I know there are people somewhere right now that don't like me. And they may be talking about me right now. Um, and if you come across them, tell them, please, don't do that. Tell them, please, I love them. Um, and then they may tell you a few things, okay? And so um, there's obviously people out there that don't love you either, <laughs> I assume um, there are people out there that don't like you, They don't even know you, all right? Much less those that do know you, all right? so um, And so even though it's a terrible thing to be hated, I don't like to be hated. I don't like to have people come against me. That's not my spirit. There have been a few times over the years that I, I've preached things that I believe was scriptural but others didn't believe it and they would send communication to tell me they didn't believe it and how i should be ashamed of myself or whatever else and it would hurt me so terribly i i went home one sunday some it's been a long time Well, not that long, but uh, anyway, I I went home Sunday afternoon. I opened my phone instead of taking a nap. I should have taken a nap (laughs) because after I opened my phone, I could not take a nap (laughs) because I'm reading this email and I'm just so perturbed by it. I want to go to them and say, look, I love you. Don't be mad at me. But um, thank God, I've gotten very few of those over the years. Thank God. All right, but uh, anyway, none of us like to be hated, but folks, guess what? Um, Be prepared, all right? Be prepared. Just because you love everybody doesn't mean everybody loves everybody. All right, let's move on. Don't swear. Okay, James chapter 5, verse 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear. Don't cuss, don't swear, Um, let your yes be yes, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. Lest you fall into judgment. A Christian's yes or no should be sufficient. You will not hear me saying, I swear to you, I do not use that terminology, uh, and neither should you. All right, as believers, let our yes be yes, and be careful what you say. In James, it talks a lot about our words. Pastor Marcos did an excellent job in that section uh, teaching on that. But our words, uh, be careful. You, uh, pe- you make people mad when you miscommunicate with your words. And you need to say more often, I, I, yes, I'm planning to do that. I, I, I will do that if I remember But we need to watch our words. We don't need to say, oh, yes, I'll I'll absolutely take care of that. And then they absolutely don't take care of it. Um, So watch your words. Let it be yes and yes, no, and uh, fulfill your words, all right? If you tell them you're going to be there, well, first of all, just watch your words. Don't back yourself into a corner. Don't say there, I will be there tomorrow morning at 1030 sharp and 1040 is staring you in the eyes. And that's not 1030 sharp. Uh, for some of you, that's a news revelation, but uh, 1040 is not 1030 sharp. All right, so um, God help us, what we need to say is I'm gonna try my best to be there at 1030. Can't guarantee it, but I'm gonna really try my best And you never know, you may run into traffic in Orlando, all right? Or somebody else that may be driving on a two-lane road in front of you doing 20 miles an hour in a 40-mile speed limit. There's a lot of them. We had someone, I was talking to someone from up north just recently, and I said, tell me something. Are there people up there that drive slow in the fast lane? And they said, oh, yes. And I'm like, dear Lord. They're all over the country. They're all over the country. And the amazing thing is, do you know it's against the law to drive slow in a fast lane? That's a passing lane. That's my lane. And, uh, and it's just happening so regularly. I don't know if it's God using them to help all the rest of us with our patience. I don't know if they're just of the devil. You know, I don't know. I, I, no, they're not of the devil. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 34, but I say to you, do not, did I read this already? No, but I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. That's the only one questionable, all right? So, right there, all right. But let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Wow. Don't swear. And that's, of course, that's obviously not talking about using God's name in vain, of course, but it's even saying, just say yes or no. Just Don't try to think you got to put some big oath behind it. Your words should be confident enough for whoever you're talking to. Now, let's go to the power of private prayer. James 5, 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Okay? So, Here's just simple truth that James is presenting to us. Is anyone suffering? Just pray about it, all right? Uh, First and foremost, pray about it. And uh, if anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. Now, let me say this, that if anyone is suffering and you come along and say, just sing a song with me. um, You may be a little premature, all right? So... Let them pray through it first before you're like happy. Let's do a happy song, you know, while they're going through a difficult time. Uh, There needs to be a transitionary time, at least with some. All right, Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of what? Trouble. I will what? And you shall what? Glorify me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. What a great verse. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. The Christian does not always live on the mountaintop. How many of you have figured that out? Absolutely not. A Christian's call or a Christian's trouble is a call to prayer. When trouble comes, the Christian is not to grumble in bitter disgust. First of all, he prays. Trouble comes, I'm going to pray. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Prayer is the channel through which the strength and grace of God are brought to bear on the troubles and problems of life. Wow, goodness. Psalm 46, one, God is our refuge and strength, the very present, what, help in time of trouble. Wow, now let's move right on to the public prayer and that's in James chapter 14 and um, through verse 16. The sick person, that's a time of trouble when you're sick. Uh, You pray, all right? I guarantee, as we heard tonight, people were praying all over the world, praying for them. James chapter 5, 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders. Now, a good question is, in this church, who are the elders? Uh, Generally speaking, in this church, it is the pastoral leadership, or those in that capacity, but it is also those that we have commissioned and uh, prayed that um, and spoke to them, and we are putting you here as uh, prayer leaders to pray for people, and so they become, in essence, an elder also. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Um, the elders of the church are to be called. Number three, the elders of the church are to anoint the sick with oil and pray. Pray, the power of prayer. Anointing someone with oil, um, that's secondary to prayer. There's no there's not magic or anything in anointing oil. Of course not. It is the contact of faith that we identify with, all right? So, um, yes, we pray for them. People are healed just by our hands laid on them. Others are healed. But this is, a, this is a command that we can pray over people, anointing them in the name of the Lord, and they will be healed. Mark chapter 6, 14, or 13, And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. And then the prayer offered in faith will save the sick. I'm hurrying. Okay, James 5, 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. We saw that tonight. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And let me say right there, folks, please, 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 So don't ever fall into the trap of thinking that people that are going through difficult times have some sin in their life. I have had a few people, not thank God not many, over the years that implied anybody going through a difficult time, well, they must have sin in their life. And, uh, you know, God have mercy. Uh, Don't ever get that way. There was someone dying one time. I was at their house. They were near death, and someone came there to come in the door, and they were like, uh, "They just need to repent. They need to get right with God." I'm like, "Go away, go away." Um, and thankfully, um, they didn't come in. We didn't get them. We didn't let them in. All right. So anyway, uh, that was a weird situation. Matthew 9:29, and he touched their eyes, saying. According to your faith, let it be to you, Mark 9:23, and Jesus said to him, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the Lord will raise him up." Uh, James chapter 5:15. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. God loves to forgive. If the sick person has sinned, confession can open the door to healing, James 5, 16. Confess your pre- trespasses to one another. It didn't say confess your trespasses to everyone. No, it says to one another. It suggests a relationship of some measure and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect, and this is one of my, I've got a plaque with an older man kneeling at a table someone a former associate gave me years ago and I used to look at this plaque on a regular basis and it just warmed my heart the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man uh, let me add woman avails much the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much accomplishes much Um, Wow, what an incredible, incredible verse that is. Now, um, in James chapter 5 and 18, and I know it's, I got five minutes, sorry. Uh, Why am I getting in a hurry? And um, he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So James is closing out this book by letting us know that prayer is not just confined, or effective prayer is not just confined to somebody like Elijah. No, he was just a man um, with a nature just like us. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. So don't ever pray, Lord, don't let it rain in Orlando and leave town, all right? So don't ever do that Um, because there's somebody praying over here, Lord, let it rain, all right? So um, look at it, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Wow. And you say, wow, anybody that can pray a prayer that kept it from raining for three and a half years Uh, That's quite a man. Well, that same man, shortly after, um, and it started raining again because he was praying on the mountaintop, and uh, his servant was going and giving him visuals of what was happening in the distance with a little hand of a cloud coming their way. And he jumps up and runs uh, to outrun the rain, but the rain overtakes him. And then we find this great man of faith who had the prophets of Baal destroyed and a great victory took place. And then he got an email <laughs> from Je- one Jezebel who was not even the king. She was married to the king, Jezebel. Um, Jezebel Sent him an email saying, I'm going to have your head. And Elijah, this great man of faith, did what maybe, maybe most of us would have done. He ran for his life. He didn't stop and say, oh yeah, I'm a great man of faith. One email took him down. That's why I guess... Have you ever heard or seen anybody name their daughter Jezebel? Uh, I've never met, never ran into a Jezebel. Um, Who would name their daughter? Or Hezekiah either, but uh, Hezekiah was okay. But nobody's ever named their name. Daughter Jezebel, uh, for good reason. I'm gonna read this last part. It says, brethren, if anyone among you Faith assembly, wanders from the truth and someone turns you back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. If anyone wanders from the truth, um, and unfortunately a lot of people to wonder from the truth, But if you see them, if you come in contact with them, by the grace of God, pray that you can bring them back. Amen? Uh, Nobody is beyond the capacity of returning to God. And so we do what we can to bring them back. Um, So that wasn't the end of Elijah, of course. Um, Elijah ran, yes, but eventually... Elijah had that moment, um, an experience with God where his life wasn't over. So you can even blow it. You can run when you should stand. Um, you can let the old nature, like Elijah did, cause fear to permeate your life. You could have been totally, completely incapacitated by the word COVID, uh, fearful of it. Um, I don't know, but, hey, Elijah ran, other people, f- and why did he run? He, f- he f- had fear for his own life, even though he'd stood and had a great victory. So today, tonight, no matter what you have failed in and no matter what I have failed in, there's a God that turns everything around if we would simply get back up and say, God, here I am. We may find ourselves in the front of a cave In this mountainside, like Elijah was, looking out, questioning, and hear a small voice from God that said it's not over, and it's not over. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.